Welcome to the Virtual Staff Room, a podcast made for teachers, by teachers, and all with a dash of educational technology thrown in. My name is Joachim Cohen, and today, like every day, I'm joined by two rather awesome members of a Technology for Learning team, Linda Lazenby and Yvette Pashoglian. Welcome, team. Hello. How are you coping with teaching and learning online? Feeling a little like a fish out of water? Well, I can tell you from what I'm hearing, reading and seeing, you're not alone. This is new. This is different. And this is challenging for everyone. Well, almost everyone. The virtual staff room thought it might be time to chat with someone whose bread and butter is the virtual classroom to give you their insider tips, tricks and more. In this episode, we are lucky enough to be joined by one experienced practitioner in the online space. Virginia Clough, Head Teacher Science at Aurora College, New South Wales Virtual Selective High School, someone who teaches digitally each and every day. Virginia, welcome to the virtual staff room. Thanks, Joe. Great to be here. Hi, Virginia. It's Linda here. Can you let us know a little bit about Aurora College and all you do there? Sure, Linda. Aurora College has been um, around since 2015 and we started as the state's first virtual selective high school, servicing rural and remote students. Um, We've grown to encompass a non-selective year five cohort in 2021, which will grow into year six in 2022. Um, We are a selective opportunity class for years five and six, and we are a selective high school for our seven to 10 students. We also have year 11 and 12, and that is non-selective for our rural and remote students in which subjects may not be offered at their home schools or that they would like to join us for in a virtual setting. Virginia, now people may not know about Aurora, but to be a teacher at Aurora, you can be actually based anywhere in the state. Where are you dialing in from today? Um, I'm from Dunedoo Central School today. So yes, Aurora College has a very unique staffing model. Um, and each year we run an expression of interest um, in term three, so this term, in which we encourage teachers from all schools around the state, both rural and remote and metropolitan, if they would like to teach part of their load with Aurora College. So it's a really fantastic way that teachers can come into a new faculty, learn new ideas and technology and still teach at their home school. And they get to work with some fabulous children from rural and remote New South Wales. Golly gosh, you know, wow, how exciting and an opportunity I think that anyone who gets the chance to do it would would revel in. But it must present some some real challenges, Virginia. How do you approach approach both parts of your day differently, the face-to-face component and then the online component with Aurora? So I am lucky, Joe. I actually work for Aurora full-time, but many of our staff across the state work part-time in their home school where they teach face-to-face lessons and then part-time with us where they teach their Aurora College online lessons and that's all to do with the timetabling that we prepare for Um, and that's why we have to start the application and award teachers their positions for 2022 pretty much this term so that schools can timetable their lessons appropriately so they can't be in two places at once but there's a lot of training that we give to our new teachers and a lot of um, skills that we provide them plus this um, faculties within Aurora are very supportive and collaborative and we're all there to support each other it's actually quite a fun environment to teach in and we're able to work with some really great kids but some really great staff from around the state and, and share some ideas that you know, we may not have thought of before in teaching and learning. 
Virginia, I'm keen to hear what you have to say about routine as a lot of uh, families and, and teachers and carers are heading online with students. Um, what is the ethos behind routine with, you know, the way that you work? Do you think it can play a huge role in cloud classrooms and working online? What type of routine do you think works for you best? So our routine for Aurora, we obviously have timetabled lessons. So the students are very well aware of when we'll be online. So um, we'll, we, they're very aware that, you know, the lesson starts at 9.05 and it's going to end at, you know, 10.05 if that was the timetable time. So they know to be online at that time and they know where we're meeting, which platform. So even we as Aurora had to make a slight platform change during this learning from home time because we do have some metropolitan staff. So traditionally all of our classes occur in Adobe Connect, which is a fabulous platform. However, um, it's very bandwidth hungry and some staff working from home may not be able to open their classrooms and stay connected. So we moved to Teams, which we were already using explicitly for all of our OneNote teaching and learning and conversations. But we're now also using the Meet Now function as our classrooms during this learning from home. So letting the children know that. So very clear expectations set at where all of our classes will be at the normal time, um, publish that time by the teacher in the online classroom. And then once we get to the online classroom, the routine is quite similar. It's a meet and greet, it's saying hello, it's checking in with all of our students, cameras on, um, really great to see each other's faces. Obviously, you can mark a role to see who was there. Then some explicit teaching. So what are we doing today? And we use the learning intentions and success criteria in setting that out. So what are we learning today? Why are we learning it? And for the students, how will I know I'm successful? How will I know I've learned that? So that they actually know what they're here for. So we'll do that explicit teaching. And then like in a normal classroom, some time to work on it. It could be answering some questions, some group work in some breakout rooms. It could be a discussion. It could be using the whiteboard function in Teams to do a bit of a mind map. Something to demonstrate understanding of what has just been taught. Um, we then can, if there's... People coming in late, you can kind of catch up. It's a really great idea to have somewhere on your screen or a note pod, or you've emailed the students what they're doing today so that you can not interrupt the flow of your lesson trying to catch up the kids that might've been a little bit late. You can say, check the Teams chat or check your email and see the, the work that I've set out and the learning intentions and success criteria. So break it down for them so they know where they're coming in in the lesson and they can review and go, okay, I'm up to this bit. And when you finish doing the explicit teaching, you can then check on that student and say, okay, so you missed the very beginning. Do you have any questions? But staying in the room with them to answer the questions while they're doing the work creates that kind of harmonious classroom feel that they might be missing from the face-to-face -face sort of 3D teaching and learning environment. So that's routine in a nutshell for us. Um, I guess at the very end of the lesson, if you've got time or you've got some ability to do some sort of exit ticket or what we learned today conversation, that's a really nice success feeling for the kids that I went, I learned this, I'm feeling great. Um, but that could be that could be something that we could work towards. I love how you walked us through that, um, Virginia. Clearly, you've put a lot of thought in with your team about how to replicate, as you say, uh, what a classroom experience would be like. It just sounds so interesting. 
When we look at primary versus secondary, you mentioned that you have some Year 5 students uh, now working at, at your school. How, what are the different ways that you approach uh, the primary and secondary? Very similar. Routine is incredibly important for our younger students. Consistency and knowing what to expect for each lesson. So making it as similar and very comforting, if you like, for them so they know what's coming. So knowing the lesson, knowing the timing, so figuring out so they know what to expect next. Um, and as I said, putting those instructions somewhere where they can access them so they have that comfort, that, that's really important. And that comforting for the parents as well if they are there assisting the students, saying that, okay, we were doing this and then we were doing this. Okay, so we're up to this bit here. So a note pod somewhere, as I said, or an email can really help with understanding where the lesson is going. At the end of the lesson, I said, what have we learned? Often we talk about table talk. Um, it's something I, as a science teacher, I always try and give the kids, okay, so what did we learn today? What conversation could you start tonight at the dinner table with mom or dad or a brother or a sister or someone? Could you teach them one fact we learned today? So um, we often try and incorporate something like that. What's your table talk moment of today? Or, you know, what could you tell mom or dad tonight? Teach them something new for me. That's kind of where the... Um, where the, the primary kids can also get that feeling of, oh, I did learn something today and I, I feel I feel like I had success today. So that's probably the main difference. Um, we really try and run them quite similarly. Obviously, there's different content, but just that whole making them feel like as normal as they can in an online space is probably the secret. I love that, the sound of table talk. That's a, a really great tip, I think, for everyone out there so that parents too, you know, know what's what's happening inside the classroom and are engaged as well. And speaking of engagement, I, I remember you mentioned the word 3D just a moment ago and it sparked yeah. something way back in 2020. You yeah. and some of your team ran an amazing session, 3D to 2D teaching, uh, the new rules of engagement. And, and, you know, how do you do it, Virginia? How do you keep people motivated, engaged and excited about their learning? Yeah, so stepping from 3D to 2D, it was quite a challenge because you really want to ensure engagement. And as a science teacher and head of science, I'm asked consistently, how can you possibly teach science in a 2D or online um, situation? So there's lots of ways we encourage and, and um, the students to remain engaged. Yes, we run science practicals face-to-face -face in their home school, but we only get one per fortnight. So we do lots of, you can do demonstrations. And this is where you could pre-record something. You could use Teams, share your screen. You could um, use a webcam to record a little experiment. And perhaps you play that with the class when you're having your face-to-face -face lesson time. And they analyze and see if they can guess the result or analyze some data, something like that. With our older students, we use things like FET simulations, which is an online platform filled with lots of information. Um, YouTube has amazing experiments and things you can share with your students. You can use song. Um, believe it or not, there are many terrible songs written about science. And some of those are so memorable, the students um, can't get them out of their head. And that sometimes helps to anchor a concept. So teaching with song is very powerful. Using lots of 
different ways to engage them. So perhaps it's a stimulus piece of material and you'll find online learning, if you can, could be um, quite conversational. And I know some people are looking at really big cohorts. So finding ways to work in small groups, perhaps using, as I said, breakout rooms or smaller group work to break down a question or a, a concept to keep them engaged. So break it apart, get every group to work on a part and then bring it all back together and see if you can teach someone else. So one group could teach the rest of the class. There's lots of Web2 tools, and that's where the digital learning selector, which the department put out. So using some of those tools to increase engagement from Paint 3D or um, the new PowerPoint 365, where you can use the designer. There's lots of tools you can use that might be different that will introduce a different set of skills that can increase engagement because they're learning something new, but using a tool they possibly haven't used before. So constantly looking for ways to increase the engagement in the classroom is what we, we do all the time. As Aurora, we actually are running, even right now, I run a session, sorry, every day at one o'clock for our staff called Tech Talk. Um, and I found it a really cool way to engage with a lot of staff. We um, run a half an hour session in Teams. It's open to everyone. It's in an open channel and people can bring a problem they've encountered today. I can't get this to work or that to work. Or they can come with a new tool they've found. Did you know PowerPoint does this? Has anyone seen 3D paint in augmented reality mode? So we just kind of bring it together. We record it and we just pop it in our staff room. And if anyone wants to watch 30 minutes of what we chatted about tech, tech talk, um, it's kind of a nice way to connect. We often eat our lunch while we're doing it. <laughs> Virginia, I feel like you're leading a masterclass here for all of us and that just sounds like a fantastic idea to grab your staff, keep the teamwork happening and, and troubleshoot at the same time. I mean, we've talked a lot about the teacher to student dynamic, but just touching again on working with your, your colleagues, mm -hmm. um, what's, a, what's a great approach to the teaching and learning from maybe a stage or faculty level, working with your colleagues, you've got that session that you've set up, but um, maybe on a subject by subject basis, how is that working? Any great ideas there? Yeah, um, the only big tip I can give everybody is find one person to work with, to collaborate with. If you can find 10, that's great. But just one will reduce your workload by 50%. Share the construction of the learning. Share the lesson preparation of what you're doing. We've created a team with just our teachers. So I have a year seven team or year eight or whatever they are. And this is our teaching and learning space. We share ideas, concepts, but we've also divided up the week in, sorry, we've done about the term. We divide it into fortnights because that suits our learning style and about how our topics are divided up. And every single person in the faculty knows which week they're on. And they are responsible for creating the series of lessons um, learning experiences and practical experiences for that fortnight. So even and then we do it for the whole year. Obviously, we can swap around as things happen, but we map that out. And that just means that when I get to week four, say, I can look out there and have a look at the um, resources that have been curated or the way some other people have put together some learning and pick and choose the bits I like that suit my learning style so that we are not all developing a lesson on cells because cells are still cells. They haven't changed for a very long time. Why are we all building a lesson on cells? Why doesn't one person build some resources on cells and some 
um, interactives or a great website to visit or some images you want to discuss and let us pick and choose from them and pull together our own lesson in our OneNote, which we then distribute to our own students. So it's not prescriptive. It's not how we have to teach. The materials pulled together address the outcomes in the scope and sequence. And you know and have confidence that these materials over here um, are directly in relation to the program you're teaching. So I cannot recommend highly enough. If you can only find one person to collaborate with, start a team, open a OneNote, divide up. I don't mind if it's weeks, buckets, topics, whatever you would like, lessons. But at least you're only doing half of them because you can share what you've created together. I love really focusing on that collaboration, Virginia, so important. Uh, with teachers that are teaching face-to-face, -face, but also at this time of remote learning for so many of our teachers, what what is your top tip for teachers that are exploring remote learning for the first time? I guess my top tip is really, truly find someone you can collaborate and work with. Um, it's not to try too many tools at once, Linda. Just feel get confident. Um, and start with Teams. If you're just opening the Teams meeting and you're sitting and talking to your students and explicitly teaching, that's great. Then move to sharing your screen. Perhaps you've got a short PowerPoint or you can even just share the screen and show the OneNote page you've typed up some notes on. So start small and work bigger. You don't have to be the flashiest, most um, advanced tech user in the world. Just start small, but that connection with your kids in a teaching space is so important. Um, turn the camera on, talk to them, teach them. Um, even like you can just teach the normal concept you were going to teach. I'm sure you've got a lesson plan. And then give them the questions that you wanted them to do. So you can email them the questions. Yes, you could create a OneNote page. You could type them in the chat if you really had to. But staying online and helping them work through those questions is so important for them to feel that you're there to help support them because you're their normal teacher. They really want to see you on in an online experience. Uh, it's uh, so interesting to hear you say that, Virginia. I know in some other conversations we were having uh, this week that real importance of presence, you know, really came up. And I think you're, you're ramming that home uh, for all our listeners uh, again. And we've got one final question for you, Virginia, mm -hmm. and that's, can you remember way back <laughs> to your first week of teaching online, what would 2021, Virginia, say to yourself back then? Don't try too many tools at once. I'm a bit of a tech nerd and really like experimenting. And I think um, that can be quite overwhelming when you start teaching online. Um, but it is back to uh, uh, something I wrote before is be a feedback master. So even though teaching the explicit content is super important, learning to give really good feedback in a variety of ways um, is so important to the, what the students do. So one, they know you're checking on them and they're going to complete the work. But two, don't give them just great work. Give them some constructive feedback on how to improve an answer or how to better an answer or use more scientific language or um, deepen their knowledge around this particular point. Um, that would be something I would definitely want to, to say. Uh, my very first lesson was a very long time ago and it was year seven and I believe it was back in uh, 2011 um, and I was very nervous about finding my groove but a bank of resources from a collaborative faculty was my saviour. So being able to pick and choose those um, 
and and be able to construct a lesson that I felt confident in really helped. And as I said, it was a build. It's it's a gradual build of skills in online learning. Don't feel like you need to be able to use all the buttons in Teams in the very first lesson. So. The most important mm -hmm. thing to do is if you are an enthusiastic teacher, that enthusiasm will come across in an online environment. You can still be um, the teacher you were in the 3D space. Continue that enthusiasm and continue to have those conversations with your students. They will appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much, Virginia. I mean, you are inspiring so many. I can tell you your tips, your passion, your enthusiasm has shone through. As Yvette said, what a masterclass. But we do have one little further question that we didn't tell you about, oh. and it's called Rocket Ship Robots. So uh, you might have seen or, or listened to a podcast over in the UK called Desert Island Discs, and, and they challenge their presenters to come up with the, the discs, the CDs, the tracks they take with them to a desert island. But we're a technology podcast, so of course we're going into outer space. Uh, and what piece of technology would you take with you, Virginia Clark? Mm, it's very hard. I would probably just take my laptop. I would take my laptop. I really would. My technology, I can do everything I need to do from that. I don't need anything else. But yeah, just my laptop. Um, and that's probably what I would take with me. I know that's really boring. I could take my 3D printer, but no, I'd definitely take my laptop. <laughs> Ooh, I like that second idea too. 3D printer, you can have whatever you want after that. That's it. I was Very thinking that. Clever. Could I 3D print my laptop? I don't think I could. <laughs> Not just yet. Soon. Soon. Oh, Virginia, on behalf of all of us here at the Virtual Staff Room and all our listeners, thank you so much for your wise words, your enthusiasm, your passion, and for sharing your time with us. Uh, thank you so much. No problem at all. It was great to um, chat to you all. And look, I hope it does give some people some confidence to, to try online learning with their kids. It's, it's a really great way to stay engaged and connected to them. Well, we have heard from our expert, Virginia, but our podcast would not be complete without some extra gems from the team. Linda and Yvette, what have you found to make teaching from home just that little bit easier? Well, Joe, I was having a think through of some of our earlier episodes of the virtual staff room. We had a great interview around um, um, Safer Internet Day with Kelly Britnell from the Office of the eSafety Commission. And it probably is a really good opportunity to build in that digital citizenship into your lessons and into the work you're doing with your students. The department's digital citizenship website has some fantastic resources to build in that respectful, responsible and safe use of digital spaces uh, for your students. So jump into that website and see what you can find. That sounds really great, Linda, really timely to get back on board with the digital citizenship. I am bringing to the table Canva. Canva for Education is a new uh, product available in your portal. Uh, this premium edition that I really recommend teachers check out, you've probably already been using it for your classroom, but there is a fantastic distance education toolkit. Uh, and what it does is it contains lots of templates for teaching at home, learning at home. Um, you don't need to reinvent the wheel, everyone. Uh, there's lots of easy to use templates that you can modify. And of course, being Canva, it's so bright and appealing and fun and graphics heavy. So I would recommend you check that out before you start getting too invested with creating lots and lots of things online. So check it out.
I love those as well, Yvette. They're so easy to modify and change, that's for sure. And we'll pop a link into where people can find more details in the show notes. You're right. But look, I'm channeling Virginia. Her ideas about getting your students engaged when they're online. And I went out and found some resources from Porsche, of course, Four Wheels. And I found something called Get Creative with Porsche. And these are masterclasses. And my favourite one is all about how to design the next car. So I think, you know, students could channel the amazing tips from the Porsche designers and develop what they think the future of mobility looks like. So get creative with Porsche. There is totally a link in the show notes. Well, wouldn't be right if there wasn't something for wheels, Joe. So that sounds great. So are you feeling inspired, motivated, loaded with top tips and new dispositions to boost your online classroom? We here at the T4L team want to thank you for all the amazing work you do each and every day and for the awesome can-do activity you've all found to make learning from home magical for your students. We here at the Virtual Staff Room truly salute you. You are all in our thoughts and make sure you check out our other online learning special editions to support your journey. Just a little note, please be aware that all views expressed by the podcast presenters, that's us, are our personal opinions and not representative of the New South Wales Department of Education. Discussions aren't endorsements of third-party products, services or events. And please note that as much as we sound like it, we are not experts in legalese, tech speak or anything in between. We're just passionate people keen to boost technology for learning in the classroom and to help build the skills in your students and for you to solve the problems of tomorrow. Do your due diligence, read further, and if we've got something wrong, let us know. We too are always learning and always improving. This podcast has been produced by the masterful Jacob Druce with the assistance and supreme coordination of many more awesome members of the T4L team. Before we go, please make sure you send us through your comments, your word of techno-wizardry wisdom, we'll get back to them, don't worry, your learning from home tips, and your thoughts for new guests and segments. And if you like the podcast, give us a rating so more and more educators find us and be inspired to get a little techie in the classroom. Stay awesome, stay compassionate, stay safe, everyone. And thanks for joining us.